Hello, everyone. Today in Struggling with the Bums, we're going to be talking about homelessness uh, globally and here at home. And the bums are going to be talking about maybe some of their experiences uh, with homelessness and their thoughts. We're hoping to go over some, maybe some solutions that we can hopefully you know, brainstorm up and just talk about their overall problems and maybe why they haven't gotten solved. Uh, so to start that off, I mean, the first thing we kind of have in our liner is homelessness a major problem within the world as a whole. And I think it's pretty safe to say that yes, there's, from what I'm looking at right now, there's 150 million people currently homeless in the world as a whole. And it's not, what I'm looking at doesn't exactly say where those people lie, but I don't think that necessarily matters because I think you, you have to, before we really even dive uh, dive deep into this, it's like we you know we need to establish the president that I think everyone deserves at least a roof over their head. I mean, do you do you guys feel the same way? I mean, and if you don't, it's fine because I do think there's a line, and I want to discuss what that line is. You know, but how how do you guys feel about like that just general concept? I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't know. It just, I think one of the biggest things is like making sure, especially in this episode, I want to harp on is like seeing their faces and knowing that they're human beings. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just, it's, it's just difficult um, coming up with housing and everything for that. I know it's been like a difficult issue that people, I don't know. It's it's been a controversial topic for a while. So. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Because you know, sad as it is how the world turns, is someone has to pay for, someone has to pay for that roof of their head, you know. And it's like a lot of people in this world aren't okay with that. And it's like, well, it's gonna take everybody to you know split this per se bill to make sure everybody has a roof over their head, and. I don't know. I, I know like that's kind of, I don't know if that's the entire international issue with it all, but I think it's kind of hard in certain countries because it's like, they have so many other issues. Honestly, I think homelessness is on the back burner. It's like, where do you really care if you have somewhere to live, if you're not getting enough water or enough food or, you know, someone's trying to harm you. I mean, you know, it's, I think it just gets really difficult when you look at it from an international perspective. But I think for the most part, we're going to be talking about it internally. So then begs the next question, is homelessness a problem within the United States? Daniel, how do you feel about, like, do you think it's like a legit problem? Like, um, Yeah, it's definitely a problem, more so in some states than others, um, specifically Portland, Seattle, California. <laughs> Um, I definitely hear about it being an issue. Um, I would imagine maybe it's an issue in New York too. Um, so oh, usually a lot of our bigger cities, um, you definitely hear about it more. Um, I've definitely, I mean, living in Portland and then also even in Eugene where Eugene has a big homeless issue. Um, you, you kind of get like the, what is it? a actual taste of like the problem um that it is but 
I, I have, I'm not even sure where to start with some of fixing it either. Um, because it, it really has festered into quite a uh, issue. Yeah, I think it is a pretty big issue. And I think just to attack on the Daniel's point about the cities, um, uh, looking up an NPR article, they were citing some economists essentially like whenever cities like typical resident spends more than a third of their income, like on average on um, uh, housing to pay for housing is usually when we see homelessness skyrocket. So basically like whenever rent and payment for housing gets a little bit too high is when you start seeing it, which is usually in a lot of cities. Um, I think it definitely is a problem, especially because like definitely being in Eugene, you know, living where I had lived, didn't really see any homeless unless I'm like SF, Oakland, places like, like bigger cities to Daniel's point. And then living in Eugene, it was like, damn, bro, like this is just a real problem that we're just seeing every day, day in, day out. And, and Brett, yeah, you guys know exactly what we're talking about. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into that a little better. You know, for me, it was weird growing, growing up, like, uh my mom was able to get like a special home loan you know but grew up in like a really small like one bedroom apartment starting off and then got a house and uh got some like special deals through habitat humanity and uh you know never never was in such a bad shape that I experienced homelessness but man there was times where it felt close like I remember you know hearing conversations with my mom just not sure if she was gonna like afford the mortgage for the month and like, even as, like, a little kid, it's very unsettling. I, I can really, I can't, I can maybe imagine just a tiny bit how someone might feel. Like, I think, especially when you're younger, it's honestly underrated how much you, like, kind of need a home base for yourself. Like, somewhere you know you can go and, like, you know, it's going to be safe there. You know, you call it home. You know, because, I mean, what, like, I always say that because as I've gotten older, I've moved so much that it's, like, I don't know. I just don't see it as a big deal. But it's like, as a kid, as a young kid, I don't think I would have handled it well. And I can't even imagine what, like, being homeless would be like. And and it's weird. Like, in Oklahoma, I never, I never really saw homeless people. It was, I, I mean, I didn't live in a great place either. It was just one of those things that I guess, like, it was hidden or something. You know, I... I really don't know. Like, it was really weird for me whenever I moved out of <clears throat> Stoddard, Oklahoma, because I think in my entire time there, I saw one person with, like, a sign, and they were gone. Like, uh, they got escorted off the property. And it was, like, I had been to, like, San Diego before and, like, saw homelessness, but I was, like, it's not so bad. It's warm here. And just I was, like, really young, so I just didn't think anything of it. And everywhere else I'd really traveled, I, you know, whenever I, even when I would go internationally, you know, Europe, it would be like, there would be like a lot of homeless people in like major cities. But, you know, I, I guess like for, to make people feel better, like our tour guys would always be like, oh, they just go to, they just do this during the daytime and then they go back to the shelters at night. And I'm just like, oh, so this is just, I guess what they do for whatever. But I, I don't know, like you guys grew up in two areas, Daniel you post high or post junior high you know two areas where i think homelessness is pretty prevalent like something you would see probably every day i mean how'd your guys' parents like go about like talking to you about it eddie 
I mean, it was just kind of like they fell on hard times or they had other problems that they just couldn't oh. do. I mean, it wasn't as demonized, I think, as certain people get towards homelessness, which is nice. Cause, and, and I think, too, it was kind of like that also religious like take on it where it's like it's almost your responsibility as well to try and help out any way you can. So, like, there's still human beings that need help. That's kind of how they handled it for me. Yeah, what about you? Because that's I don't want to harp on it too much, but like Oklahoma, I guess you could say is a southern state to some people, some in some of us, but it was definitely demonized. I'm not saying necessarily my mom, but like other relatives, they were just like, oh, they're bums, like they did this to themselves. They don't, you know, if they really want to help, they'd be getting a job, they would be doing this, that, and the other. And that, and I've noticed that that seems to be kind of a southern midwest mindset i'm not saying for everybody but i've definitely seen it from those people the most uh dato i'm kind of curious you know did you see that when you were younger growing up or were, was it was your experience different um hmm i mean i'm trying to remember because i know my parents weren't that harsh about the topic but until my dad went super hard conservative um more of the recent years that's kind of where he got more of a like kind of okay you're kind of eh, stance on it where it's just like I mean every I don't know a lot of homeless people have different situations that I feel like the general oh like you can get a job or you can work blah 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 blah, blah solve it which in a lot of cases like each person's different like some have mental issues some have other th- reasons why like a job, like they're in the situation that they are. Um, but in terms of like being in the South, I'm trying to think of, cause I don't know, at least, I guess part of it might be the fact that I was a kid growing up there, why it wasn't as talked about maybe. Um, or maybe it just wasn't like a massive issue in my city because I mean comparing it to like Portland and Eugene and everything um at least growing up in Raleigh and around there we didn't really have like any massive homeless issues um we had a lot of other issues but it, it really I don't know it was hard to see anything like that going on um or maybe like I just didn't notice it as a kid as much as like I would now either. Um, so kind of off topic a bit, don't, like the one thing that did stand out more to me growing up was there was, a, there was a, there's like this prison, I guess, or something on the way into the city that was kind of like near me. And I know that always stood out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really remember like that many people like it being like the topic of, discussion often um I, like I said like growing up it was kind of like a neutral opinion on it I feel like they, it wasn't exactly demonized or anything bad I mean it wasn't like I guess specifically my dad's favorite thing but he didn't get really harsh on it until like recently which I was just like you you know I feel like I don't know. He he went on this weird, like, super conservative thing, which I feel like some people don't 
take I don't know some when you go too far one way I just feel like you stop taking in like information or and making things like relatively neutral um in terms of looking at both sides of things or like how someone got into a certain situation that they have been yeah I think I'm even just adding to it so like you know my grandparents grew up my I mean both sides really grew up pretty freaking poor but um my dad's father grew up in like the middle of like the depression basically Mm post-depression in the U.S. so like my other grandparents were are in Mexico but he was already in the U.S. and so like growing up he definitely had certain views about homelessness because he had grown up in poverty and so did my other his eventual wife um basically all that to to say um you know later on I think they had slightly different views like they were able to avoid homelessness and escape out of poverty so like other people should be able to as well um and even like a quick little story like when my when they went to mexico with my dad one time like you know his mom got mad at uh these people in the corner for just begging for money instead of trying to sell something or trying to help someone do something to earn money instead so like i think those views do get passed on daniel in a way and like get like seeded into people and then they eventually take that on when they don't have that outside view but anyways yeah um i should also clarify too that both of my parents um really worked their way up from the bottom um my dad came from poverty as well and i mean i feel like kind of like you were saying um eddie like they kind of have that view like okay like i was in the situation i got out of it why can't someone else you know um so yeah I feel like that's part of where I mean kind of like having that that view probably stems from uh i yeah my mom's a different case because she immigrated here a, a bit from poverty and everything but um but yeah yeah both of my parents like yeah they, they really didn't come from much I do want to say breaking the fourth wall here for our audience is that, you know, as you know, we like sharing stories, talking about things, you know, this is meant to be us talking about, to our knowledge, about homelessness, especially in the U.S., our experience in like the the preliminary research we've been able to do on this topic to hopefully get people to like kind of wake up a little bit more. Like we'll be dropping some more facts later on, but I'm just letting everyone know that obviously like we're going to go only so deep into this because that's all we know, whereas there might be deeper things to, to get into. But yeah, Bryce. Yeah, I was going to say, to Eddie's point, I mean, our entire podcast, we, none of us are subject matter experts, except for anime. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everything we say, it's, it's more about just regular people having this conversation with as much knowledge as we do have. Uh, so in that case, you know, if you ever you know, want to fact check this, you know, just hit us up on the comments. We're more than happy. Yeah, you know, listening to you guys talk to, I thought a little bit more about my experience and how, you know, my mom works in social work, and I think I get a lot of my strong opinions from her about certain things. And I think, you know, within her line of work, she's seen kind of the side of like people that take advantage of the system, you know. And it's like it's why, like for me, I've always been open to donating to like homeless shelters. But I've never really been too big on giving an individual money. Uh, 
I will say I feel like I've changed a lot since going to college and we can talk about that more maybe once we start talking about Eugene specifically but you know I I remember like I read this like article once in like high school and it was like the average homeless person makes 80,000 a year and then like you know I saw this documentary on how homeless people in New York were like scamming people because they would what they would do is they would buy like McDonald's early in the morning and then they would take a bite out of it and then they would put it at the top of a trash can like inside it and then every time someone with money walked by they would just pull the hamburger out and people and it's talking about how like people couldn't like they felt so horrible seeing them eat a half-eaten hamburger and so try and they would give them money so they wouldn't do it and they would just keep this task going all day and they would just rack up like one dude racked up like 10k in new york if you were just giving them 100 dollars bills and they were just like you don't need to eat this right i don't know i i have a lot of mixed feelings i'm not the most trusting person when it comes to other people sometimes and hearing stories like that makes me just feel like i feel like i can only give to organizations like i can't trust individuals uh but i think it's interesting because i'm gonna look at this like map again of the numbers and it's like where eddie lived you know as, as the state i should say 151,000 people are homeless by far the biggest number you know versus daniel when he was younger only 9,000 people and then his when he moved to oregon it's 15,000 but for me it's less than 4,000 and it's like, that's, you know, amongst the whole state, I already lived in a small town. Like, like sometimes I think my opinions also come from the fact that I, as much as like you guys say you didn't see it, I think I probably saw it less than anybody, you know, because it was such a shot. It was like something that, like, when I went to University of Oregon the first time, it was my, the end of my junior year in high school, and I took a campus tour. And you guys and I both know that when you take those, they do a pretty damn good job of avoiding the homeless people. Like, if you're not paying attention, you can miss it. And unfortunately, I wasn't paying attention. You know, and I just, I didn't realize that it was such a thing. And then, you know, I showed up my freshman year and got dropped off on campus into the dorms, blah, 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 blah. And no, no one else had arrived. So I was just kind of walking around by myself. And then it was just like, boom like you get right off campus and there's the duck store and there are people just lined up and then you go towards like uh, i'm trying to think what place like over by the whole foods and where the new yeah, nike is you get there. towards the uh, coburg roads bridge bro yeah. i i went to go check it out because i saw it on my taxi ride in and man was i just like bro what the fuck like you know what i mean like i just didn't expect it and I think it's like weird for me too, because, you know, it's not the first time I'd seen homelessness in the mass. As I said, whenever I was in Europe, I always saw a fair amount of homeless people. Even New York, I saw a lot of homeless people. But again, I kept getting told that there was a ton of shelters and that like, it wasn't that bad. And, you know, as I've, as I've grown up, you know, especially, I don't know, it's just my opinions have really changed. I, I think one thing that's really affected me was you guys remember like 2009, 2018, uh, Chicago, they, I remember they implemented, they have these uh, like heat, heat vents that come up and homeless people would sleep on them in the winter and they went around changing and made them spike so homeless people could sleep on them. And I didn't understand. I was like, ah, oh, that sucks, but okay. 
And then I remember they had that really bad winter. And it was like, it was like 40, 50 homeless people froze to death on the street. And I was like, holy cow. Like, this is whole, this is like one of the worst things I've ever seen. And that's when I, I think my view on homelessness really started to take a turn. Uh, Eddie? Yeah, I was going to say, they also do the whole, um, you know, like the benches in certain places where they used to be like just the ending bars. Now they have them in between so like people can't actually sleep on them. Stuff yeah. like that. It just, I get Why it. You gotta be a dick? For cities, like it's kind of an eyesore to have homeless people, but like those are humans. So like, <laughs> I mean why don't you do something to solve it instead? So I, I kind of want to move us into like more of the fact, like what we have is facts concerning. And now there's actually an estimated 10,000 more homeless in California since that estimate of prices so about 161,000. <clears> and of the 161,000 in California, nearly 12,000 are veterans. There's about 8,000 families estimated, um, you know, 51,000 that are chronically homeless. Uh, 12,000 unaccompanied adults. And then as far as like school, like they have also basically around 270,000 homeless kids. Um, although that's broken more into like, that counts as like the foster system and things like that. So it's slightly different statistic than being unaccompanied. So there's obviously a lot of shit going on. And in fact, California holds 28% of the nation's homelessness, just, just awesome. Um, but I think one thing, you know, Bryce, you mentioned New York, you know, in 1979, they actually passed this thing called the right to shelter. And I think that helped them start moving people into shelters and having those spaces where they only were only 5% of their homeless of so their 91,000 homeless are unsheltered, which I mean, it's not bad. I mean, that's a good start, right? To trying to do something about the situation. Um, but yeah, no, it is crazy to, to consider a lot of those things where um, Bryce is talking about, and especially being confronted by it in Eugene. Because like, I definitely grew up far more sheltered and the only times I did see homelessness was again, going to the bigger cities, but finally living in a city where I walked around and I just saw homeless people all the time was definitely like a big change and kind of definitely felt, made you feel like, damn, like sometimes when it got cold, it was like, I really hope they have somewhere to sleep. You know, when it snowed that one time or senior year, I'm like, damn, bro, I really, really hope they have somewhere that they can be and not, you know, freeze to death because that's just, yeah, it's tough. Super tough, man. I mean, you know, I think when we start thinking about like our experiences in Eugene, it really is something you got to see to believe because, because it's mm -hmm. like, I think it's almost, it reminds me of like New York homelessness. Like whenever I walk down like a street, a major street or whatever, the amount of homeless people on there, maybe, maybe not more but too many it was too close i was like i mean you'll walk down i don't even know the name of the street but you guys know what i'm talking for duck store to that starbucks and there really might be a homeless dude yeah, 13 13 yeah. bro they're really the whole sidewalk might be covered in homeless people i've seen it before on a bad day every store has a homeless guy in front of them you know, you're walking on campus past Lillis up to, uh, you know, the EMU, and there's always the guys on the bikes. You know, one common thing that, like, again, I don't know if this is, like, common at any other college, but, like, a common practice, I learned this, um, like, they'll have these, like, demonstrations for all types of, like, crazy shit. Like, you know, stopping, you know, 
abortion, all this just wild stuff. And what, and they have these like super horrible signs that they like flap around people and show, you know, just these awful things. And what, and, and what they do is they pay homeless people to walk around campus with that shit and like flash it around at people. It's crazy. Like these just, oh, dude, it's, it's like, what is going on? I know in the other bad area was around the Eugene bus stop, too. Oh, um, yeah. But where the Bolt buses are? No, over kind of, you know, where that, fuck, what that, what's that, uh, Sizzle Pie, I think? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, bro. Out, outskirts of downtown in Eugene. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. yeah. Bro, it gets bad. I, uh, yeah, me and, uh, fellow Raider fan uh we went there our freshman year we wanted to go to the mall we it was like a Saturday we had nothing to do it was like 10 in the morning we were so bored we were like you know we'll figure out how to ride the buses to the mall bro when I say that was just a horrible experience we we like get to the bus stop and then like we got we missed the bus so it was like a 20 30 minute wait or something like that and we sat on the bench and like these dude it was just the amount of homeless people that were just like trying to, they, I felt bad, I guess, like in hindsight, but it was like, they were just like, hey, that's my binge. Like, and it was just, I don't know. It was just very uncomfortable for me. I'm not, you know, like Eddie, I think I was pretty sheltered probably for the most part too. And I was just like, I don't know. It was just very uncomfortable for me. And I remember just hiding inside the sizzle pie with this guy until our bus got there and being like, yeah, I don't ever want to do that again. Uh, Downtown Eugene is sketch in itself, anyways. I mean, like I think I told on the podcast, you know, my like first day legitimately in college or on campus, you know, I kind of went to the outskirts and by the courthouse and I saw the lady get beat up by the clown. And I was like, I a clown. I, I haven't told well, the dude dressed up in a clown face. Well, yeah. Hearing that whole clown situation going down in the no, US. No, 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 no. Like, so I I was over by the courthouse, not the nice one, over by our old apartment, like the shitty one that's in downtown. And I was at the end of the block, uh, and this this lady was in this gold, uh, like Escalade type vehicle, like, and this she had her window down, and this dude pulled her out of the window and started beating the fuck out of her. And I'm like on what? my skateboard, I froze. I'm I don't want to say I was completely watching it because it did end super. It was like super quick. It was like literally, you got like two punches in, and then the cops were like right there, and I was just like absolutely terrified. I ran to my dorm straight from there, like that was my legit first experience. But you know, I, back to homelessness. You know, for me, when I first started, I just didn't think anything of it. But then, probably once I started living off campus, and I had to walk through that every single day, and it's not even just thirteen. You know, you turn down any street, you go by the hospital, you go by Doco, like for any street in Eugene, like you're probably going to run into some homeless people. And like for me, I, I got real callous. I don't know about you guys. Like I got to the point where I think, I think part of it was I was annoyed all the time. I was always in like a bad mental space, you know, a lot of personal stuff going on. And it was like the last thing I needed were for these people to ask me for money and it was like money I really didn't have in the first place you know and it was very frustrating and it was just like always constant you know what I mean I think like on a good day maybe 
I think like on a good day for me, like maybe only 20 people ask me. And I'm like, bro, I, I got a uh, funny story about that actually. Um, Go for it, man. Me and uh, my two roommates at the time, I think we're coming back from, I think, Kilderberger. Um, walking down that way all the way towards kind of like the hub, you know. Um, and then on the way back, this uh, one homeless dude asked us for money. And um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who actually carries cash anymore, but we none of us had cash or anything like that. So we were just like, yeah, we, we don't have cash or anything like that. And then the dude literally points to an ATM and is like, well, there's an ATM right there. And we're like, wow, okay. <laughs> even, less, even less so now. But um, I don't know. <laughs> Just the, the audacity of <laughs> there's there's an ATM right there. Like, But I don't know. I mean, that's where it gets, I feel like the it gets complicated because you have situations and everything that, kind of like you were saying, Bryce, you just get sick of being hounded and everything, being asked for money and everything. So you kind of start to get ticked off. But at the same time, it's very easy to forget, like, there are people too. But then, yeah, it's a it's a weird, what is it? Not conundrum. Is that the word I'm looking for? It might be kind of distance, but I don't think yeah. that's, I don't think that's it. But I think conundrum probably more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to add, like, I think it is interesting because to you guys' point, I definitely tuned a lot of that out eventually, and I'm only now just remembering all the times that I've been asked because it's just something that I just put mm-hmm. in the back of my mind. But I think – I think It becomes all, so normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think still along that time, though, I was still thinking, like, how can this be addressed? How can this change? And I think even now it's still hard to say how it can be done, but I think there are a lot of things that have been done or will be done or – can be traced back to that can be changed to help these situations. Cause I think to your earlier point, Bryce, I think it's definitely give a little bit less money to those people directly and then try and contribute their different organizations or resources and have them, I don't know, reach out somehow. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, yeah dude. And it was like complicated for me too, because I don't want to say the same people cause I don't fucking know, but I did see a lot of homeless people and drug abuse especially in Eugene, mm-hmm. especially under the bridge passway headed to P.F. Chang's. If you guys have ever walked down there, bro, or whenever you're coming off I-5 back into Eugene, bro, and you see all the, you know how much drug abuse I've seen? And obviously I don't want to stereotype homeless people, but it's like, it's just hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to give you, you know, $5 and, you know, I mean, the first time I ever got offered drugs is by a homeless dude on a bike. I mean, it was like, uh, no, no, thank you, sir. I think it is interesting, though, because, like, again, that that can't, like, I feel like a lot of people have those bad stories. And there's a couple more that even I know from, from like, my family and family friends, like, where someone literally just straight up offered a homeless person, like, to, to like, almost like getting a story. It was like, look, there's a, there's a restaurant right there. I will happily buy you a meal. And the guy's like, nah, just give me the cash. And it's like, okay, well, I can get you something here in this situation. So I think it, it is interesting and it is unfortunate. I think those are the people that, as we talked about before this episode, it's hard because those are the people that you know you might not be able to help. Like they need different kind of service. Whereas there might be other good stories where it's like, 
they're just trying to do something for the family. And they did say yes, right? They did say, can you get us a meal? Can you do this for us for this one time, right? Or the people that, you know, Bryce, you've talked about helping in our holiday specials where it's like you're contributing and these organizations are helping thousands of people and families through these holidays, yeah. tough times. So it's stuff that does um, happen. And yeah, it's unfortunate that there are people that kind of abuse a lot of these services, but I think, you know, a large majority are people that need the assistance. Um, from what I found, at least, it seems like in California and as well as it seems to be to other places too, the majority are people that have fallen on hard times, not necessarily people that are, you know what I mean? Like that did do that to themselves or, or have yeah. mental illnesses that contribute to that loss and stay. Like I would say the overwhelming majority from the statistics I saw are people that did have things kind of happen badly to them or have mental illness or have some kind of substance abuse problem where it became they need help to get back over the hump. I don't think we could fully talk about homelessness without talking about the housing issue in America itself. Or more, I would prefer to say the pricing issue of housing in America itself. And I'll just talk about this from my standpoint. Fuck me, dude. Going to college was so financially hard in the first place. And the, I felt like the amount people charged for apartments in Eugene for what you got, highway robbery. I couldn't have been more, like, upset with, like, the only apartment that I felt like I reasonably got charged for, the only reason is because it was a three-person apartment and we had four people living there. And I felt like, and even that was so much money looking back. Like, I... Like my mom, like, I guess like my mom and like other relatives would tell me about how, you know, they were spending like 200 a month for rent in college and it was like a shitty apartment, but like, you know what I mean? It was fine, you know? And it was like, they had all this extra money to go to do shit with their friends. And it was like, I, I, I was we're on, spending four times that now for rent. <laughs> easily, yeah. bro. I, between what I got for financial aid, what my family could help me out with i worked full time you know i did some other side hustles here and there uh you know what i mean and i was still i would still come up short i i got like almost i had like 6k i got about 6k per turn and that wasn't enough to live on bro and you guys know how cheap i was i went i shopped at winco and i would spend an hour and a half because i would look for the cheapest can I didn't buy name brand. I bought for literally a month. I bought the most unhealthy food because it was cheapest. You know what I mean? I was living off ramen and frozen pizzas, you know? And like, I still was bumming off my friends left and right. You know, I love everybody to death because I think that they were so understanding, you know? Especially, you know there's a lot of times where the only reason I got something was because thankfully Eddie or Dan was just nice enough to you know hook it up or other friends you know and it was like you want to see someone that get anal like i had a call i got into a couple fights with some bums because we would split we would say buy like a 15 dollar meal and if they didn't match me for cent for cent like i was gonna i had an issue like that's how tight things were for me and i can only imagine trying to find affordable housing in eugene because I really debate like thirteen dollars seems like the best option, but then it's like, who the hell is gonna? You gotta, who the hell like? Are you gonna really bike 
that mile or walk that mile every single day. And it's like the people I do do that did that. You know how many people lost their bikes? Those $200 bikes they bought and they were just stolen within like a month, you know? Or how many parking tickets I've seen from guys on the team because, you know what I mean? Because they can't afford to pay the parking. I don't know how they got away with some of that. Like, I really don't. Uh, go ahead, Eddie. I'm I think, I think kind of growing that problem outwards, though, to people that may not have the safety networks to help them, that may not have the extra money to do it, that may not have the extra resources to handle these situations. This is kind of what I was talking about, where, like, the deeper part. Like, if we want to get a little deep for a moment, what Bryce kind of outlined this to everyone is this. Imagine someone trying to live in one of those places. Even if it is a little more affordable, like maybe it's $400, $500 a month, something like that. Then trying to get a job. How are you going to get to the job? How many clothes do you need for that job? Do you have a phone that you can let them know maybe if you're sick or receive notifications and you know that, hey, they need you for that day? Like, this is where the public transportation system comes in such handy where, where it's needed for these people uh, because they can't get there on their own. This is like where a lot of those things come into play. And now you can see why people can fall on such hard times where something happens here, they get sick there, they lose a job, whatever the case is, and they end up falling on these things. And, and additionally, something that I, was, I saw as far as California is concerned is there's a massive, massive deficit of homes. And that creates a shitty problem where like, not only can you not get homes for people that have money, forget about the people that don't have money. Like you can't get community housing and things like that. Like, I think it was, oh man, I'm going to, I'm not butcher, but there's like over three and a half million homes are needed by 2025 in the U.S. or in the U.S., in California alone, or something like that, just to, just to keep with like the rising population and that kind of ratio. And it's like, okay, if we can't even compete and do that, how the hell are we going to take care of the people that actually need this housing to get out of homelessness and things like that so like getting deeper in that area like you can imagine how that's a problem and obviously with california having the most homeless rate highest homeless rate versus the rest of the u.s they still have homelessness and i'm sure they aren't too far behind with some similar issues yeah right yeah and and, you know the common thing i always hear from from my experience with the older generation like my grandparents and some of my older relatives like oh why why would you you know just move from there it's too expensive for you and i'm like for one, some of these people do have families. Like, you can't ask them to completely uproot their life to live in Johnson City, Tennessee, because they can get a two-bedroom house for $30,000 and another shithole. I mean, I, I get really upset when people say that. Like, it's just like, I think people should get to live within the United States. Sorry, I don't want to get too political on this. But within your own country, you should get to live where you want to live. If someone wants to live in California, you know what I mean? I feel like there should at least be options within reason, you know, for people to live there. So I, I don't know. I just get I, that's something that's like always really made me upset. Maybe it's because I also heard it from like for me, because I would, you know, as I've expressed to Eddie and Daniel, you know, expressed at home, like, man, you know, it's so expensive. And they're like, well, maybe you should transfer and go to another school where it'd be cheaper. And I'm like, sure, you know, if they take all my credits, you know, and it's like, I already have a job here and I have a life here and I have all my friends here. Like, I just don't think it's too, I just don't think, I think it's too simple to be like, just uproot your life and get somewhere else. And I, I do also want to come back to, to like the myth, I, I would say myth, but like our conventional viewpoint of homeless people, um, 
as far as like, oh, they have problems, right? They have substance abuse, substance abuse issues. They have mental disorders. They're severely mentally ill, you know, et cetera, et cetera, disabled. Did not find a whole lot as far as disabled was concerned, but it seems like as far as mentally ill, um, even severely mentally ill only makes up about 7%-ish as of 2015 in the U.S. of the homeless population. Um, as far as mental illnesses, it seems like about 45% of the homeless do experience a mental illness. Um, and that actually does, I believe, cover substance abuse as well, because that's part of the diagnostic statistic manual of mental illnesses. Um, whereas like in some cases, 30% of the homeless do have a mental illness and then 20 to 25% are concurrent. So they might have a mental illness plus substance abuse disorder. So now we're talking about services that are needed for people to help them overcome or at least manage and mitigate their problems plus then jump back into the real world and then climb out of the hole. I mean, for me personally, even just trying to level with my new depression and anxiety, like that was a, like that has been a journey of in of itself. And luckily I have the resource to deal with that. I can't imagine being on my own trying to figure that shit out. You know, of course that population is a lot more vulnerable to homelessness versus others. Yeah. And to Eddie's point, I think it's just so hypocritical and funny that it's like, you know, the people that per se have to pay for this, the one percenters, whoever, they're always upset that there are homeless people on the streets, you know, you know, especially in California. I know it's a huge issue. People are upset that there are tent cities, but they're the same people that don't want to maybe pay for a mental health center, you know, pay for an addiction center, you know, invest more in domestic violence shelters, you know, a veteran center that would help these people, you know, you know, like Eddie said, mitigate the issues they do have and maybe find better resolutions than sleeping on the street. You know, I think it's so funny that it's like people will complain about the problem, but they don't want to take the actual steps to fix it, no. you know? And I feel like homelessness, sure, I don't think there's any way we can guarantee everyone in America has a home. I feel like that's unreasonable, but I think we can do a better job. I feel like we have so many resources that we could better invest. Uh, but on one positive note, one thing I did see over winter break that kind of gave me hope, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, former governor of California, he bought 25 sustainable living oh, yeah, uh, like homes in, I, I, don't, I think, L.A. I believe L.A. Uh, and those things were pretty nice. Uh, he, they were talking about it. It's like, I think he, he bought like 25 and they were like 20, 20 grand a pop or something like that. But it was like, you know, two beds in there with a small closet and they had Wi-Fi and electricity and running water. And I was like, man, this is like, you know, and they were just talking about how, like, you know, it would help people. And I was like, dang, you know, pessimistic side. It's like, man, that's only like 25 people. But I was like, man, how cool would it be if we had like thousands of these and like a proper way to manage it, of course, you know, but I was like, man, that would be so nice. Like, it, you know, All right, I think okay. Finland, somebody in Northern Europe had a system that they instituted similar to that. And it seems to be pretty effective uh yeah. to your point yeah i you know and it's like i don't want to ever hear the thing of there's no more land to build on no that's bs i've seen enough open country to know better you just don't want to put stuff there or something like that you know what i mean like i just don't like hearing that argument I, i've heard that before it's like oh all the land's taken no it's not but i don't know i i would like to see america really take some 
big steps into, you know, investing more in affordable, not, I don't know. I've mixed, I mean, yes, affordable living, but living maybe specifically for the homeless. It doesn't need to be this super nice, spacious house. It just needs to keep them from freezing to death or having a heat stroke, in my opinion, you know, and somewhere safe they can sleep. So, I don't know. That's kind of my, I guess, like final takes on it. No, I'll end up with a positive route. I mean, between 2010 and 2019, due to certain programs instituted, I believe started initially by Obama's administration and continued through, um, was they started building, they started programs to build more housing for veterans that were homeless, um, and as well as investments into programs, social programs to help, again, exactly what we're talking about. So they saw the uh, decline in homeless population among veterans in the last well between 2010 and 2019 from when they started to when they finished and not only did it help the general population it helped cut down on essentially the minority groups within the military that are homeless um it helped uh i, I mean it just helped a lot of people like get out of that like to our point of what we're talking about so there's a lot of good that was still happening they've slashed it a lot of veteran homelessness luckily in the last those nine year period unfortunately though like covid is definitely push things yeah. back yeah uh in california that kind of hurt some of the movement and stuff that they were trying to do um i know it hurt a lot of other people elsewhere but something that california did do in institutes called project room key where they like the government essentially like accommodated for different homeless people by i think it was either buying or renting like old hotels and stuff like that and then like having them live there and like track that kind of thing so seemed to help out um, seem to be somewhat of service, but that's only like part of the thing. That I, then you need the social programs to help. With, I don't know. People just need help. I think whatever it is, you know, it's kind of funny reflecting on this before talking about it. It was like sometimes, you know, and this isn't just as home far as like homelessness goes. Sometimes people just need that extra help to climb the hump, whether that's coming back from a big loss in sports, whether that's trying to get back into the career for it, or it's trying to get back into whatever. Sometimes you just need that little boost to get back in there. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to advocate for and talk about as average 25 year old ish Americans. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, any kind of final closing thoughts on homelessness or anything of the sort? Um, I mean, it's quite kind of uh... I mean, it's a controversial issue, but there, I feel like the solution to it too is controversial in terms of getting people all on the same page. Um, but I mean, I can only feel for people right now with COVID and everything. Um, I know the whole start of COVID too already made the problem grow even more. So I, d I definitely feel for people there. So hopefully something can at least come to a relatively decent solution um, that can improve things moving forward. All right, then. All right. Oh, Eddie? I was going to say, I think it's definitely where you start. Maybe, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but like obviously maybe pay attention to certain politicians that come in and like that say they want to help out. Maybe start turning near to them. I don't care what party they are. If they have some solutions, that's great. 
or at least just turning an ear to like more of the different associations or organizations that can help, like the National Coalition for Homeless Vets, things like that, you know. I don't know, just maybe if you remember that they're human beings and you just continue to like see them as such, you'll be more willing to like try to contribute to different organizations, try to try to add, try to help in any way you can. I mean, there's obviously a lot of problems the US needs to confront, and this is just one of those problems. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, treat you know, it comes down to the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated, you know, maybe have a little empathy. Imagine how you would feel if you were in their shoes, you know. Uh, the next time you maybe make a certain judgment or thought about homeless people. Um, but yeah, this has been Struggling with the Bums. You can follow us on Instagram at struggling at the bums underscore MS. That's at the bums. So you got the underscore MS though. Oh, I got. Oh my gosh, improvement. Uh, yeah. So yeah, come hit us up, man. We'd love to have uh, more people comment on our Instagram post and have some fan interaction. But mm, neither here nor there. All right, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. See you later. Peace out.